Well, welcome to all of our campuses joining us online. For those of you all that are at the beach right now, I can say this, I wish I was there with you. Uh, to all of our people in Somerset, it's good to see you. And to all of my people down in Williamsburg, I'll be back with you next week. And uh, it's good to be back here with you guys in London. It's been a little bit of... Uh, a few months, just short of three years since I got to be here before becoming our Williamsburg campus pastor. And if you don't know me, my name is Jack, and I am glad to be here with all of you today. But here's what I want us to do, because sometimes we all don't feel it. Here's what I want us to do. We have a big church family. And here in London, I want us to make some noise and all this at our campuses. Let's put our hands together and welcome everybody joining in today. Hey, uh, my, my name is Jack again, and my wife is Suzanne, and we came apart, became a part of this church back in 2009 when we moved. Uh, she was pregnant with our firstborn, Jackson, and uh, I mention that to you because I have had <laughs> the opportunity, you could say, to almost serve in every capacity here at the church, except for being a deacon and a lead pastor, and I pray that never would be. Uh, that's not a job that I want, uh, but I've got to do a little bit of everything. When I first came, I was our youth pastor, and and I began helping with kids a little bit. And then along the way, I also did some administrative work and I also had uh, a little bit of time in helping with our adults. And I've got to see our church do some incredible things over the last, I don't know, 12, 12 years and plus a few months. And uh, my family has grown up here. My kids uh, will turn 12 and 10 uh, here in the next couple of months. And the cool thing about that is I mentioned kids and students is because I've got to watch my kids grow up in a church that really has partnered with them and done an incredible job. And so I want to encourage all you parents of elementary kids, of high school kids, middle school kids, if your kids aren't involved in upfront and they're not involved in Kids Creek, you're missing out. Because of that partnership, I guess it's been within the last three, three and a half years, we've got to see both of our kids come to know Jesus and be baptized in this church. And I... Love it. And I'm glad to be with you today. And um, so because I've got to do all that, that kind of is going to date me a little bit. I, I am a 90s kid. I love the 90s. Uh, the 90s was great. Uh, the 90s was both my testimony building years and my years of getting back into a relationship strong with our Lord and Savior. Uh, 95, I graduated high school. In 96, I got involved with a sports team in college that really kind of led me down a terrible path. But I had some friends kind of interject themselves. And what happened is I got reintroduced to Jesus, and I began to have this thing called faith and began to own it myself. And what I want you to know, and this is why Kids Creek and students is important, because we have got to continue to raise our kids in an environment where they begin to not just know about Jesus and know about faith, but they begin to own it for themselves. And so I wanna encourage you, make sure you have your kids. We've got some of the greatest teams here in this church that can help you, partner with you, help you to raise your kids in a way that would make much of Jesus. But in the 90s, of course, we had this thing uh, we called WWJD, right? We had WWJD, which is, what would Jesus do? After coming back to faith in 97 and 98, I uh, really felt like vocational ministry was for me in 98, uh, these bracelets, these t-shirts were everywhere. Now, if you grew up in the 90s, maybe you were like me, but maybe your parents were nicer. Uh, I always was dragged to church. I dragged to church wearing a polo or a silk or rayon. Yeah, can I get a witness? A rayon button down. Those were sweet back in the day. 
And then I would have the coolest pleated and cuffed khaki pants along with my sweet two-tone dark brown docker boat shoes. There is nothing that said I'm ready to worship the Lord today than a little bit of rayon and some boat shoes. And then we were wearing those bracelets called WWJD, what would Jesus do? And the whole idea again behind that was when we saw our bracelet, it would make us think about the decisions that were in front of us. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, it took everything by craze, but as we introduced last week, we want to do something a little different. We want to ask a little bit different question. And Pastor Trevor in week one introduced this question to us. What would Jesus undo? What would he undo? What would he deconstruct? What would he dismantle? What would he take and flip on its head? What would, what would it be that would change our idea about something or how we viewed something in our life? And last week, Pastor Trevor talked about the fact that we have a box that we try to fit God into. And oftentimes that box we try to fit into our world, into our culture, into our lifestyle. And we do that because we feel like God is so far off and so distant that we can never measure up to who he is. And and, and the reality is, guess what? We can't ever measure up to who God is. But thanks to him, he provided a way through his son Jesus so he could see through him so that we could see God fully for who he is and we could engage in faith and have an incredible relationship with Jesus. Today I've got a topic for you that I think that many of us, we try to fit in those God-shaped boxes. The subject we're going to talk about today, can I tell you, it can be a little difficult for you today. And I pray that it is. I pray that it is for me because it is part of the core of Jesus' message. And if we can get that right, then our world can get better. And those that we influence can be stronger for us. And here's the word, the word is this, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. And here's what I think. I think our world is in desperate need to see what happens when there is a people that flips unforgiveness on its head and sees the flip side and the reality of what happens when unforgiveness moves itself out of the way. You see, the core of Christianity, the core of Jesus' message is the opposite of unforgiveness. If you've embraced unforgiveness, you would know it. But here's what my prayer has been this week as I've gotten ready for this message and as I've thought about what it is that I really believe that God wants for you and God wants for me today. We've already sang about it. We've already made much of it. And it's this word right here, freedom. When unforgiveness gets flipped on its head, here's what I know is available for you and me. Freedom. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Freedom. Now, let's do a little bit better than that. I want want a big William Wallace, Mel Gibson, not ripping the bowels out kind of freedom, but let's say it with some energy. On the count of three. One, two, three. Freedom. Freedom. And we say it a whole lot easier than we do things to embrace it. And if we've engaged with unforgiveness, what we said is I want freedom, but I'm not willing to do what I need to do to experience the freedom that God has for me. And here's what I believe today. I believe that God has freedom available to all of us watching online at all of our campuses and in this room today. Every single one of us has been impacted by unforgiveness. And if you've not, one day you'll have the opportunity to be impacted by unforgiveness. You can't get away from it. There's no other thing in our world that can impact us to a greater degree. It impacts your faith. It impacts our relationships. It'll impact your peace of mind. It impacts your health. 
It can damage me and it can damage others. You see, I've been damaged because of it. And if you're honest today, you have been damaged probably because of it. And then if we would take that extra step of honesty today, we would say, we have caused damage to people and we have caused unforgiveness to be their lot. And here's what I know. Going through last year, the pandemic, the heightened political nonsense that we saw, social media, cancel culture and everything else, what I see is the world has too much of unforgiveness. And when I say this word, you already know the word. It's the word that has the power to change your life and your direction. And for for some of us today, I hope we will embrace this word and it's this, forgiveness. It's forgiveness. We hear it so much in the world that sometimes we don't engage and interact with it correctly. You see, Jesus' core message when he stepped out of heaven and came to this world was to forgive, was to heal, was to transform you, was to transform me, was to set us in a right direction. And unforgiveness, you know what unforgiveness is like? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and you hope the other person gets hurt from it. Unforgiveness is the poison that you drink in hopes that somebody else will pay for whatever they did. So today, it's going to be a challenging day. But I believe that we can walk out of here in freedom today. And I believe that you can walk out of here with your shoulders a little broader, your back a little straighter, your chin a little more up, because God has more for you. And he's going to, Jesus is going to teach the disciples constantly. It's the core of his message, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. They were hearing it a lot, and it was a difficult thing for them to process. It was a difficult thing for them to embrace. He would, he would even teach them when they asked him, teach us to pray. He would say, teach us to pray. And he said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. What a reversion you learned. It was the core of his message. And there's a conversation that's happening in Luke 17 and Luke's gonna record this conversation. And in verse four, this is what's going on. There's a question, there's an issue. And Jesus is gonna tackle it. And they've got a real question about what they're supposed to do to somebody that offends them. He says, even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and the seven times they come back to you saying, I repent. Jesus said, you must. You must, not if you want. Don't fit it in the box you've got. It's not A, B, or C. You must forgive them. You must forgive them. And this was overwhelming to the disciples. And if I'm honest, it's overwhelming to us because some of you are sitting right there and go, you don't know. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know. But Jesus just said, if if they've offended you and they come back seven times, every time, you must forgive them. And the apostles were overwhelmed at the weight of this. And here's what the next verse, 17, verse five says. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. I just want to tell you today that you can find forgiveness and you can give forgiveness because of your faith. So here's what I know. If it was good enough for the apostles, it's going to be good enough for us. 
So would you, everybody online at all of our campuses in here, would you just bow your head and close your eyes and let's ask God to do that for us today. Let's pray for that increase. So Lord, Father of today, we ask that you would increase our faith. Increase our faith. There are so many people, there are so many people They've been hurt deeply. They've been impacted significantly. They've been impacted by the betrayal of others. And I want to ask your spirit to help us to do what only it has the power to do. Allow your word to speak through us today and allow the life to flow to us today that you would have for us. God, increase our faith. Lord, we ask you. <laughs> to help us offer the same forgiveness to people in our lives, Lord, that you gave to us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. To increase our faith, and that's what we have to do. We have to increase our faith. God has given us this prayer to have our faith increased. So I have a question for you this morning. Here's the question. The question is this, who? 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 Who betrayed you? Who lied about you or to you? Who mistreated you? Who took advantage of you? Was it someone you trusted? Was it someone you admired? Was it someone you loved dearly? Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a kid in school, a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Maybe it was a dad that you wanted to please so much, but you just never measured up, didn't feel good enough. Maybe it was a spouse you trusted and believed in, but they made you feel less insignificant. Maybe it was an authority figure in your life that should have protected you, but maybe maybe touched you inappropriately. So then the question is this, how do we forgive? How do we forgive when we've been hurt? Because I know what you're thinking and I've heard it and I've said it and I believed it. There's all kinds of things you're thinking. There's all kinds of excuses you have. Well, I could never forgive so-and-so for doing so-and-so because it hurts so much. You just don't understand. So do we really need to forgive somebody? that does not deserve it at all. Here's one thing I wanna teach you today to undo a little bit. Forgiveness is not about forgetting. Forgiveness is not a weakness. It's not a memory wipe, a sweep under the rug. It's not, you give them an okay and then every time you see them, you gotta smile at them and bring them a birthday present at their birthday. That is not what forgiveness is. It's not what it does. That's not how it works itself out. But I do know this, we have to forgive. For those who have been forgiven much has to forgive much. Jesus has said that unless <laughs> you forgive those who have offended you, you cannot be forgiven yourself. Amen. It's the yin and the yang of it, it's the love of it. You see, for unforgiveness is not the heart of God. Forgiveness is. It is a release and let go. It is a release and let go. It is a release and let go. And it is because of the cross. It's because of the cross that you can forgive and I can forgive. There's no way I can do it. There's no way I can do it on my own. 
But you say, you don't know, you don't understand, you don't know how deep the hurt was, you don't know how often it happened, you don't know what kind of abuse I faced, you don't know what that person said, you don't know how my parents neglected me and abandoned me. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. I don't. But there's one who does. And he saw you. And he saw you in your circumstance. And he stepped out of heaven so that you could have a life of freedom. You say, I can't let them go. Because if I forgive them, I'm rewarding them. You're not rewarding anybody. There's no reward involved in forgiveness. You say, well, I need justice. I need to make it right. And then if, what is that justice and what does right look like? And if it did happen, are you going to be satisfied? Or are you still going to be hurt? I've, I've had this quote sent to me a few times and I love it. In the shadow of my hurt. Forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy, but in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one deserving soul to another. You see this morning, forgiveness is the action or choice to release an offender from our punishment and to trust it all to God. That's what he came to do. He came to set this world straight. And if he saw me through the lens of my sin, can I tell you that he's seeing your enemy through the lens of his sin too? And he offers the same grace and forgiveness that he offered when he met you and he met me. Forgiveness is unconditional. This is the other one. Forgiveness is unconditional. We can forgive whether or not the offender apologizes or takes responsibility for what they've done. We can forgive. There's no conditions. If you've ever talked to anybody, I've talked to people before, and I would say, you just need to forgive them. Well, I've forgiven them. <laughs> Are you sure you've forgiven them? I did. I forgave them the other day. Are you sure you forgave them? I did. I told you. To forgive is not to forget. Forgive is unconditional, and forgive means freedom for you. And Jesus teaches this wholeheartedly on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus teaches us again a lot about forgiveness. And the Sermon on the Mount is where we can hear the words. Before seeing the cross with Jesus, we can go to the Sermon on the Mount and we can just hear his heartbeat for us before we saw it hanging on a cross. And the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew's gonna record some of it, but Luke's gonna record some of it, and we're gonna kind of dance around just a little bit. But this is how serious forgiveness is. Matthew records this. It says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Can I tell you how serious forgiveness is? If you have unforgiveness in your heart this morning, what you're doing right now is absolutely useless in the eyes of God. It's more important for people to be right because God came to set it right so that we can see God for who he is and if you'll just hold on for a little bit, we'll get you where you need to get with forgiveness. It is very important that we understand these things this morning. To love God means to love people. We've got it all over our signage. It's all over the scripture. To love God means to love people. If you're out of sorts with people, you're out of sorts with God. If you're out of sorts with God, that's because you're out of sorts with people. You can't do one without the other. They are married together. They are not one and separate. They are together. To love God is to love people. And they are together. So Luke's going to record what Jesus has to say about all this. 
So just hang tight because the disciples are like me and like you, some of you, they, have a, they had trouble with this. So in Luke chapter six, it says this, but to you who are listening, I say, and here's the answer to everything this morning. You ready? Here's the answer. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. Love, do good, bless, pray. Love, do good, bless, pray. Revenge is not listed. Restitution is not listed. Their humility is not listed. Their reconciliation is not listed, but you are to love, do good, bless, and pray. Here's what Philip Yancey had to say about prayer. When I pray for another person, I am praying for God to open my eyes, that I can see that person as God does, and then enter into the stream of love that God already directs towards that person. Do you know that the person that offended you, God wants to change their heart and life just like they changed your heart and life? And then at the end of the day, no matter what they did or didn't do, until their heart changes, nothing else matters. God has a plan to free you and to free us, and it was through his son on the cross. And here's what he says in verse 29. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them also, the other also. Well, that's the most dumb thing I'd ever heard as a kid. If my friend hit me, I'm going to hit him back. If he steals my Hot Wheels, I'm getting another Hot Wheels or two back. Turn to them, the other one also. If someone takes your coat, he doesn't say go take it back. He says give him your shirt too. It's the complete opposite. Jesus is coming to undo this thing called unforgiveness. And the God who created everything is opening a wide open alley for us to step through so that we can find freedom. So give them, give them your shirt, give them your shirt. They take your jacket, give them your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Don't demand it back. Well, that's completely the opposite of what we would all do. We would want it back. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. It's all the opposite. But we give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. It's the golden rule. Do to my friends, do to my family, do to my enemy what I wish they would have done to me. And then he goes on to make it plain. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that again? If you love those who love you, what credit is it? Even so, sinners do that. Even so, sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But here he comes again, but love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And then here's what it, what, what it all comes down to. Then your reward will be great. And you will be the children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So be merciful, just as your Father is merciful to you. I mentioned to you that I have a couple of kids. I didn't know two human beings could cut you down so quick and so hard. Not intended, but sometimes, man, when they learn to talk and they learn to think a little bit, crazy when they think, sometimes, man, they can cut you down. They can cut you down. 
And you just fall apart, and you think, why is a 40-plus-year-old man falling apart at the words of a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old? Because we're human, and we love. And when you love and you get hurt, it hurts. Do you all understand that the best things are on the other side of difficult things? Always. It's never easy. But the best things are always on the other side of difficult things. Peter would hear this over and over. Peter and his dynamic, he just, over and over. I think Peter's the guy that would say, well, anybody ever hurts my kids, I'll go down there and I'll show them a thing or two. You know, he's that guy. It's too hard for Peter. He keeps hearing these things over. How can I forgive them? How can I forgive them? You know what they're doing? Do you know what they're doing? They're starting to even persecute your followers. Why would we forgive them? Why would we do that? And there's a conversation that happens where Peter's with Jesus, and and he pulls Jesus to the side in a corner. And I I don't have time to go into all that story today. But but, but lo and behold, what, what Jesus does to Peter is what he does to him all the time. He sets Peter up so he can have clarity about why he's to forgive. And Peter's always in the corner after Jesus gives him the answer. And Peter's going, why did I? I ask him again. And here, here's why. Here's what happened. It said, then Peter came to ask Jesus this. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, when I was a kid reading that, that was dumb too. What do you mean 77 times? Well, the scriptures just pointing to it all the time. Infinity. There is no end. Your forgiveness does not stop. My forgiveness does not stop. My grace does not have a dam in it. My mercy does not have a dam in it. The grace and the love and the mercy that can flow through you, it does not have a stop point. So you should not be the stop point. You should be the one that lets it flow to you. So how many times when you're offended, when you're hurt, no matter how hard you've been hit, no matter how low you've been cut, how many times? Every time. Every time. Every time. You are to forgive the other person. Every time. Do you know that Jesus came to this earth to set us free from sin? It shackled us. It made us slaves. It kept us from living the best life that we could possibly live on this side of heaven. Unforgiveness, it'll make you a slave. It will keep your mind in the past, but forgiveness is God's answer to move you forward and to heal your broken world, my broken world, our broken world. Now listen to me. As pastors, we get to talk to a lot of people, we get to celebrate a lot of good things, but we hear a lot of tough things too. The result of suppressing your negative feelings, the ones that you felt today, that rage, that anger, the hurt, the bitterness that's trying to raise its head right now. When you take your feelings and you just push them down and you you suppress them, do you know what the result of is of suppressing negative feelings? Clinical psychologists call it depression. And do you know that depression hurts you physically? which will hurt you spiritually, which will hurt you mentally. And I think a lot of people, if they just found forgiveness for others who have hurt them in their lives, I think their life would be so much better, so much quicker. But it's hard when you've been hurt. But have I told you yet that the best things are always on the other side of difficult things? 
Now here's what Jesus came to undo. Forgiveness, it isn't about the other person. Forgiveness. It's for us. It's for you. And here's what you need to know. Your ability to forgive, our ability to forgive this morning is not dependent on the actions of others. It's solely you. Now, Isaiah is going to give us some great advice this morning. He's going to give us some advice that if we would take it and if we would run with it and if we would embrace it, it would be freeing, but it's so easier said than done. It's so easier said than done. Isaiah said this, God loves you. Do you know how I know that he loves you? Because it's repeated from Isaiah all the way through the scripture. God loves you. Isaiah would say it would be easier just to go ahead and forget the past so that you can move forward. But here's what I know this morning. Some of you don't feel like God loves you, but he does. He's never left you. He will never forsake you. But for some of you, you've been stiff-arming, forgiving people for so long that you can't even feel the pulse of God around you trying to help you be set free. There's some of you this morning, you're carrying scars I can't even begin to imagine. There's some of you, you've had thoughts and feelings come out of the air this week that you didn't know where they came from or why they came. But it was about another person. It was about a hurt about a pain and we all know it we all know it but God has more for you I promise you he has more for you he has for you a hope and a future do you know that he saw you in the middle of your pain he knows you in the middle of your pain he loves you in the middle of your pain he loves you in spite of the fact that you sinned against him Do you know that he knows your sins and mine? But today, let me just tell you this, it's gonna be easy for some of you to keep pushing it down. You're waiting for the service to end. You're waiting, because you just wanna get out of the door and get out of here. But I have news for you today. If you will just take a step towards Jesus, there is freedom to be had here for you today. Freedom to be had for you today. It's like this. If any of y'all have ever been to Disney World, I've been there a few times. When my kids got older, I, used, I now know why people like strollers at Disney World. You pile everything in the stroller, you don't have to carry anything. But when your kids get too big, guess what ends up happening? Mom and dad end up wearing backpacks. And who knows what ungodly things we put in that backpack. I have no idea what we put in that backpack, but we put snacks and water bottles and we put medicines and sunscreens and you name it in that backpack. And then you get in Disney that's all concrete down there in the Florida sun and you walk around all day. You walk around all day and you get tired carrying that backpack around and it hits you when you get on that next to last ride for the day and you take the backpack off to get on the ride and you all of a sudden you can set up a little bit straighter and you realize just how heavy a burden you had carrying around all day long. Can I tell you that if some of you all will begin to forgive, forgive some people today, you'll set the backpack down and you'll forget about the burden that you've been carrying, but some of you all have been carrying it for so long you don't even know it's there anymore. It would be easy today to walk away. And here's the other thing about forgiveness. It, it may not happen in a moment. 
but it can start today. Because oftentimes forgiveness takes a little bit of time on our end. But with the power of God and his Holy Spirit in you, you can have forgiveness today. I don't know if this is for somebody today, but I, I thought about this. For some of you, maybe your marriage is struggling right now. Betrayal hurts. It hurts. But can I tell you, 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 you can be open-handed and forgive today. I get to be a pastor here at the creek. I'm a human being, I'm a male, but other than that, I don't have any authority to tell you what to do. But here's what I know. All good relationships and all good marriages, they have a mix of two good forgivers involved in them. Jesus came to forgive you and to forgive me. So what will you do with the people that you've thought of today? The moments that you've thought of today? The hurt that you felt today? The emotions that you felt today? Would you begin to forgive and to live in the freedom that God has for you? Jesus said to leave your offering. It's more important to leave it and go, go be reconciled. And, and here's the thing you need to know about forgiveness. The other people don't have to come to you first. You just need to forgive them. You can't love God without loving people and our world desperately needs to see the church forgiving one another. Can you imagine what would happen if they see us forgiving one another and living grace towards one another? Can you imagine where racism would be put? Can you imagine where the, the, the culture that is canceling each other would be put? Could you imagine how politicians might actually get along and do something? Could you imagine a world to where you could actually meet with your family again? Could you imagine a world where your kids saw you, they know you're hurt, but they saw how you forgave that person and it transformed their life and God began to do a work in your kid's life that can only be explained through his goodness and through his forgiveness. Can you imagine a world that if we would just be open-handed and forgive? And here's what I know, you have the power to do it. For some of you all, you need to let it go. For some of you, 1 John 1, 9 is something you need to take on today. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And here's the thing, my favorite verse in scripture, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I know this is tough, but I'm gonna ask you to take some steps today. I can't do this today and not ask you to take some steps because I know that God wants more for you. I know I want more for you. Our church wants more for you. Forgiveness changes our soul. So let's give others what God has already given to us, and that's the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy that we've received. Let's look at the people who have offended us through the shadow of the cross and be reminded that God has more for them. We've asked God to increase our faith today. Would you just step towards that? And open your heart as much as it hurts because there's greater things on the other side of our pain. So I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for me. I think God's probably going to begin to do a work, a little surgical work for you and for me. So maybe you're here this morning. I want to ask you to do something bold. I want to ask you to do something big. You've been offended. You've been hurt. You're angry all the time. You have rage. It's the smallest things. 
and you know that forgiveness needs to be given today, and you got some people in your life you need to forgive, would you just be bold enough at all of our campuses, those on on, those here in the room in London, would you just slip up your hand and say, that's me, my hand's up. Would you say, I need you to pray for me. I've got some heaviness that I've carried around for far too long. There's hands all over the room. There's hands all over the room. You would say today, I need that freedom that you've talked about, the freedom that only Jesus can give. Let's do that right now. Let's pray for that. Lord God, for all those that have had their hands raised online at all of our campuses, Lord God, today I pray, I pray that you would help them to take that step of faith today. That whatever it is that has hurt them, whoever it is that has betrayed them, whatever it is that has been done, Lord, I pray that today you would help them to let go of what has happened and to free the other person. Lord, that is a sign that we do things like you did. We take on that pain ourselves and we give it to you. You asked us to cast our cares onto you because you care for us. You said when our burden is heavy, yours is lighter. So Lord, we give you these pains today. We give you these hurts. We give you these hangups. We give you these relationships that have been so damaging that we've carried around for so long today. Lord God, thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, help me to walk in it each and every day, not just seven times, but 77 times. Lord, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us a hope and a future. In Jesus' name. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe today you're here, you're online, you're at one of our campuses, and you've never had forgiveness expressed to you. You've known about God, you've known about Jesus, but you've never, you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know that he loves you and cares more for you and deeper for you than you can ever know or imagine. That he wants the best for you. And the reason he did all this is so he could reconnect and that he could have a real relationship with you. And in the best way I know how, John recorded Jesus' words. And this, this is what you need to know, for God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but there through him, we could be saved. And maybe that's you this morning. And you say, you know what? I've never known the forgiveness of Jesus. And I've come to church, I've heard words, I've heard messages, but I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. If you're online, you're in one of our campuses, you're in the room in London, would you just slip up your hand? Will you be bold enough to slip up your hand and say, I need Jesus this morning. I need him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. There's a hand, there's another hand, there's a couple more hands. There's a couple of more hands. There's a couple of more hands. Well, let's do this together today, church. Would you all do me a favor at all of our campuses in here in London? Would you go ahead? Would you stand to your feet? Would you go ahead and stand to your feet? Stand to your feet with me this morning. We're gonna do something together this morning to be reminded what God did for us and his forgiveness. So here's what we're gonna do. For all you all that just raised your hand, whether at one of our campuses, online, here in this room, I'm gonna ask all of us to be bold and to repeat after me. Let's all be reminded of the day that we engaged in our relationship and found forgiveness with Jesus. And in doing that, it'll encourage those to confess the name of the Lord Jesus right now at all of our campuses. So everybody just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for the hope we have in you. Thank you for saving us. We live for you. Thank you for forgiving us. And thank you for the freedom we have to walk in today. Now do me one more favor this morning. At all of our campuses, online, everywhere, let's go ahead and put our hands together for those who have made decisions today and for all the freedom that we celebrate in Jesus.